uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> Today is the first Sunday of Advent, so it's the beginning of the Christian New Year. Not a thing that we pay a lot of attention to, except insofar as we got out the Advent candles, and maybe at home you made sure you had an Advent wreath, uh, Advent calendar, I mean. Although even that, I, and I love an Advent calendar, an Advent calendar doesn't really track Advent. Like, it just tracks December. Not to get dogmatic about it, but like, good luck finding one that starts today. But it should, if you want to get technical, if you want to get dogmatic, because this is the beginning, and last night was the end. Churches more liturgical than ours went out with a bang last week with Christ the King Sunday, and now even churches less liturgical than ours, the calendar has flipped over, and we're back at the beginning. The beginning, which starts not with a cozy scene at the manger, but with these apocalyptic readings and stars beginning to fall. Jesus in high prophet mode, not murmuring in a manger infant Jesus, but wild-eyed adult Jesus. Not soft little baby cheeks Jesus, but scraggly beard doomsday Jesus. Doomsdays, as in days of vengeance. Not one, but many days marked by distress and wrath and natural disasters and famines and plagues, signs and wonders, war and insurrections, days to take your breath away, days to make you faint with fear and foreboding. So like I said, Happy New Year. Welcome to the beginning. Jesus, on the other hand, by the time we get to him in Luke 21, is near the end of his own story. Like in the very next chapter of Luke, he's betrayed, arrested, denied, and beaten by people who blindfold him and say, so you're a prophet? Who hit you that time? All of that is just ahead of him. But here, at our beginning, he drops the second half of something he started a long time before. A long ellipsis that kind of trails through his ministry. Do you remember at the beginning of his story when Jesus stood up in his home synagogue and read, the spirit of God is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor and release to the captives, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? That's where the ellipsis is. That's from Isaiah 61. It's the beginning of Isaiah 61. And then in the long pause after that to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, after that, Jesus has almost his whole ministry, a ministry of healing and teaching and shared meals and angry diatribes and parables and forgiveness that people think isn't his to give. In that long pause after the beginning of Isaiah 61, he meets almost everybody he's going to meet in person. He prays alone. He preaches to thousands. He rides into Jerusalem while crying on a donkey. And then a few days after that, watching the comings and goings outside the temple, people making their offering, it's like he finishes the thought that he started back at the Nazareth synagogue. The end of the Isaiah passage, after to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, continues, and the day of vengeance of our God. Standing outside the temple, he proclaims that it has come to pass. These are the days of vengeance. How it started, how it's going. These even then ancient scriptures bracket 
everything that happens in between. Every generation knows how bad it is. Every generation knows that whatever terror has come before, this time it really is worse. In new ways, in different ways. And every generation has at least some people who believe that the end is very near, and not metaphorically. There were many people in Jesus' own time who believed it, and, and many people since. And now, right, it truly is, again, worse in new ways and in different ways. It's never been this bad before because while other terror has come before, other plagues, wars, other disasters, ours are different. The global climate reality, for example, it's never been in this kind of peril, not in human history. This current plague travels internationally. That's new, but capitalism means that vaccines don't travel internationally. The people first hearing the book of Luke knew how bad the times they were living in really were. By the time this text existed as a text, the temple had been destroyed again. The city was surrounded by legions of armies. There was famine and violence and terror. And yes, woe to those with little children. Woe to those who were nursing. It was exactly as bad as they thought it was. And to them, standing outside the temple, Jesus said, help is on the way. But first, these things must happen. And it will be as bad as you think it is. Do you know this thing about the word apocalypse? What it means or what it meant originally? It gets a lot of airtime in like progressive clergy circles, but maybe you're lucky enough not to live there. In Greek, the word apocalypse means to uncover, to peel away and show what's underneath. And, and the word apocalypse doesn't refer to the book of Revelation or at least not exclusively to that book or to the popularized understanding of what that book means about horsemen and beasts and Jesus' return. Apocalypse refers to any book, any text, any vision, any, any dream like that, a divine vision given to and shared by a human being. The word apocalypse includes the book of Daniel, as in like Daniel in the lion's den. Once he makes it through that, then he has an apocalyptic vision. And the world doesn't end. The prophets include apocalypses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Zechariah, and the world doesn't end, and Jesus preaches apocalypse, but the world doesn't end. It is a revelation, but it isn't the end. It's a revealing of what's there, what's always been there, what will be there, what has to happen, just like now, just like always. The people were desperate for a savior. They were grasping at straws. Loads of wild-eyed prophets caught their attention. Anybody with a little expertise and a YouTube login could gain a following. The thing to do was to gargle with salt water. The thing to do was to wipe down your groceries. The one to listen to was Fauci. The one to listen to, bless him, was that exhausted doctor who talked for about an hour somehow about hand washing and PPE. The thing to do was to shut down schools. The thing to do, oh my God, was to definitely keep the schools open. Give us something dependable. Give us something that will save us. Give us something indestructible. Save us with a magic bullet that will speed us toward the after times. But here, back at the beginning, the help we get isn't indestructible. 
It isn't a magic bullet, and it isn't speeding anywhere. It's moving at the speed of human life, unfolding generation by generation, each one sure it's the last, or at least the worst. And here in Luke, we just get more apocalypse, more uncovering, more revealing of more injustice, inequity, inequality, more shaggy prophet vision in the mouth of Jesus, a shaggy-haired prophet himself, more about what we already know, that the state of the world can take our breath away, that it's particularly hard for parents trying to raise the future, trying to hold hope not just for themselves but others, and I mean all kinds of parents, whoever and whatever you're trying to nurture long enough to give it a fighting chance. We hear what we know, that we are out of our depth, that we are afraid, that we need help. And what Jesus says to them in the middle of their apocalypse then is the same thing he says to us in our apocalypse now. Don't be terrified. He tells them and he tells us how to live in the long, messy pause between what has happened and what is to come. He says, stand up. Raise your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. What he says to them is what he says to us. You cannot save yourselves. Your redemption is coming from somewhere else outside of you. And it is always and everywhere drawing near. These whirlwind cosmic apocalypses which lead one after the other to the world not ending, they all point back to God. Not to the work of human hands, although yes, we need to be about the work of loving the world and, and not to saving ourselves with technologies or strategies, although yes, we need to seek and practice wisdom. Not to human project, progress, which yes, actually does happen, is happening. These whirlwind cosmic apocalypses point to a scale of need that is far vaster than that, far more ancient than that. And Jesus says to the one standing around outside the temple with him and to us as, as the gale picks up and begins to howl and as the nations rage and the seas rise and people go hungry and die from a plague, Jesus says, howling into the wind, stand up and raise your heads. This is how to survive, not the end of the world, but the many, many days that come first, the many days between the beginning and the end, these brackets between which exists everything we know or will know or may know. For the ones standing outside the temple with Jesus, for the ones hearing the words of this book for the first time, sometime before the end of the first century, the adversity and hardship that Jesus spoke about weren't hypothetical or metaphoric or far off at the end of the time, at the end of time. For the ones who lived through yet another destruction of the temple, another siege, another occupation, Jesus' words were about an actual time that could be seen with ordinary human eyes, felt in an ordinary human life, just like ours, living here in the in-between, living our own apocalypse with, again, the revelation of what is needed and from whom, living here with our own back to the beginning, our own gaze lifted up out of the present moment to look beyond to where real help lies. Standing up, not in any literal way, and not even our own power, the Greek says to be stood up. 
We have been stood up, heads thrown back, while all that really is whips around us because we know that the story starts way longer ago than with the baby who's still on the way. We know that the story ends with God redeeming all of it, all of us. And so the way to live in this long, messy pause is with hope, hope that's grounded beyond ourself, looking with apocalyptic vision at what has been and is and will be again and what is coming the help that is on the way. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the beginning.